The members of the Uncontrolled Airspace Podcast are participating as private individuals. Their comments do not necessarily reflect the views of the various organizations they work with. Also, anything you hear on this podcast that sounds like advice on aircraft operation is obviously very general. You should always consider your own situation, remember your training, and fly the airplane. But you knew that. Oh, and real pilots fly Cessnas. So here's an idea for the feds. They should take whatever Santa Claus uses for instrument approach technology and put it in the next gen because word is that he got around parts of the country during blizzard conditions when nothing uh-huh. but the American air carrier convenience and necessity certificate was moving. I know. Technology. But but here so we came across, you saw this, the uh, yeah. the approach plate for the North Pole. This is, uh, where is this? Oh, this is, uh, someone posted this as a, as a Twitter picture, but uh, it's an approach plate for North Pole Arctic. It's an NDB or GPS-A, uh, and it's just great. I like it a lot. You guys have looked at this, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm looking yeah. at it, and I'm it's, thinking, it's, it's really center. that's probably a real frequency. Yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. that's it, it's well done. I like the note. Of, I, I I like the notes, uh, especially number four. Caution: deer in traffic pattern. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what I like. Look at the uh, the airport diagram. Okay, the runway is ru- it's runway three six in both directions. <laughs> right. <laughs> I like some of the intersection names, like elves. Yeah. 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 Uh, all of the uh, and all the fixes. And, and yeah, the, the the in route feeder fixes are Acapulco, Sydney, Australia, and New Delhi, India, and London. Yeah, <laughs> and London, and yeah. London. Yeah, thousands. It's, it's of well miles done. Away. It's yeah. well done. It's really cool. It's really cool. So, uh, so this is this is how Santa. Who was it? Jeb, it was you who was wondering why Santa doesn't have an ILS, huh? That's well, you'd think. I mean, as long as he's handing out presents and stuff, um, he's he to give himself an ILS. It's an NDB or GPS Alpha approach, and and. Uh, um, um, I I don't know. I you'd think he would have at least a localizer or something like that. He's well, only got well, you know you point. know you know with Rudolph out there, he's got an enhanced vision system. Oh well, there well you go. that's true, but but he's still down to four hundred and one minimums here, and and uh, I can think of a lot. Of, well, now here's here's another question though. The, the four hundred and one minima are for cats A and B. Okay. Uh-huh. And there's a C and D category listed here at a slightly higher minima. So is the C and D for when he's going out loaded and, and loses an engine and has to come back? <laughs> or or who, who's going in there in a cat C oh, or D? Oh, no, airplane? he lost Prancer. <laughs> Anyways, this is uh, – we'll put a link in the show notes. I'm not sure where this came from yeah. originally, but we're we're looking at uh, someone posted it as a Twitter picture. And uh, one thing for sure, he's got Boku runway for operating at sea level. I mean, uh, yeah. But the uh, where's the it's uh, long, long and skinny. What is that? Yeah, thirty-nine by seventy-five. Seventy-five feet. Yeah. Yeah, it's a pretty good runway. It's I'm sure lot. those numbers mean something, but I don't know what they mean. Elevation yeah, somebody, seventeen. I don't understand that either, but. I don't know. I, I'm sure. I'm sure that meant something to that. There's this a together. joke in there someplace. Yeah, yeah right. It, it's, it, it uh, makes some sense. It's yeah. all really well done. <laughs> runway well, three six three six. <laughs> I think that's great. I think that's great. Anyways, and, and I'm wondering which three six that you'd put in. To... Well, <laughs> well, you know, what is it? The, maybe uh, both of them. 
depending on the exact location of the airport, of course, maybe the uh, runway should be 1818. Uh, no, because it's 36. Because if the center of the runway or the center, the center of the runway is on the North Pole, then the ends would be 36. Okay, okay, I get that. But you're always going to roll out. Well, here's my take, very, very by the time you line, get airborne, and by the time you roll out, you're going to be pointing south. What's an obstacle DP? Is that a standardized IFR th- term? Obstacle DP. Obstac- obstacle Displaced departure threshold. procedure. All right. It says runway three six climb one eight zero to one thousand feet. All right. Now, what does that mean? <laughs> climb to one eight zero is just like pick a direction, whatever. Go. Well, basically, basically that's it. You know, and and the the the, the play on uh, on words there is runway three six climb one hundred eighty degrees. Um, so, you know, you're not doing a 180 degree turn to, to fly the heading of 180. You're going straight ahead. Going straight ahead. Yeah. Okay. But, but that's runway also... three, six. So, <laughs> so you, there's some, there's some cognitive dis- cognitive dissonance there. Yes. That's right. The Santa approach plate doesn't make sense and it's bothering <laughs> us, right? Welcome folks to episode 166 <laughs> of uncontrolled airspace, the general aviation. Podcast. You know, you're an instrument pilot when. <laughs> We're recording this episode on Tuesday, December 29th, 2009, and uh, joining me here in the virtual hangar are two of my very, very good friends. First of all, Dave Higdon's out there talking to us from Wichita, Kansas. Hey, David, how are you doing tonight? Oh, doing lovely, doing lovely. Got uh, got good friends on the line. Uh, I'm trying to figure out how I would fly this approach, because uh, that, that is a location on my uh, bucket list. Are you checked out for reindeer-powered uh, aircraft? Uh, no, I've got a little ski plane time, though, and I figure that that's a good good place to start. Uh-huh. There you go. There you go. And also here is Jeb Burnside, who's talking to us from somewhere near Sarasota, Florida. Hi, Jeb. How are you tonight? I am just spiffy, Jack. Thanks for asking. <laughs> uh, uh, I understand it's I... been chilly down there in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it that. I, I, I look at... I'm uh, sorry. Time out. We started this telephone call a little while ago, and you exactly <laughs> called it that. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, see, the telephone call a while ago when we weren't really recording, that doesn't count. <laughs> okay. So, All or, right. All right. So it's not chilly. It's beautiful. I've well, it, it is chilly. It's it's rather it's rather um, uh, nippy out there actually, but not like you and and Dave are dealing with lately, and a lot of other people in the country yeah. are dealing. With. It's yeah. just been freaking cold elsewhere. It has been. And it, it, it has it's been. finally soaked in here a little bit. We won't see anything over seventy here for s- several days, and that's you know while you know a lot of people are going to be crying tears for me for me on this. Uh-oh. That is uh, rather chilly for down here. Yep. But that's, I don't care. I'm coming there anyways. Okay. Yeah, man, come on. I think I am. I it's, hope I am. That's well, another story. Yeah, hope you are. That's another story. And that's I'm Jack story. Hodgson, and I'm talking to you from the home office in chilly, wintry, beautiful Dover, New Hampshire. So what's going on here? Uh, let's see now. And I've lost completely lost my place here. Um, so last week on the podcast, uh, we were talking about the fact that a bunch of listeners were starting a campaign to get me to buy a, one, a 182. Uh-huh. And that prompted a listener to send along some pictures of a 182 he found for sale. The thing is interesting about this 182 is it was highly modified for uh, uh, STOL uh, uh, capabilities, um, including canard wings uh, sticking right. out from the front cowling and these really funky, well, uh, extra, I don't know what, trailing edge stuff or flap stuff or whatever, but, but some really interesting veins on top of the wing. Did you, have you seen these pictures? Uh, those stall fences? Uh, I've seen the airplane. You have? 
They're really modified not. right up here in El Dorado, Kansas, just about yeah. 20 miles away. This is not a new development. This plane has been out there at least a decade. This, yeah, okay. This particular plane or these mods? Well, this these mods. I don't, this, this particular airplane probably also. Yeah. Right. It was done in 84. Yeah. Yeah. So what's the – is this – is this just a funky design, or is this embraced as a good idea, or what's the story? Well, uh, the guy's, I, I well, believe, I, still in business, and he scratches out a little bit of work. Uh, but this is, you know, uh, got a lot of appeal in some very, very tough environments because it's a very specialized yeah. piece of equipment. When you can get an, a, a loaded airplane in and out of 1,000-foot strips with a couple of 1,000-foot of density altitude... Uh, load them up and haul them out. Uh, there's parts of the world where that's going to have appeal, and I think that's yeah. what's mostly kept uh, uh, Peterson Performance uh, in business doing this. Is that what they're called? Yeah. Peterson? Oh, yeah, Peterson Performance. Got the other webpage we've got here, Peterson's Performance Plus Incorporated. And uh, let's see what it says here. Yeah, For actually, both, as far as... as the, yeah, go, go ahead, ahead, Jeb. Go ahead, Jeb. Well, I was going to say, in, in actuality, um, you know, this is certainly a highly modified 182. Uh, there are other mods for the 182. Uh, this has got a, a, a an IO 460 in it. I'm sorry, um, an IO 470 in it, putting out 260 horsepower, uh, which is another 30 horsepower over a stock Skyline of this particular vintage. Um, but there's uh, also mods to put an IO 550 in it, giving you, uh, um, you know, about 300 horsepower, maybe more depending on the version of the IO 550, um, turning it into a, you know, a, a, a nice get up and go airplane. Problem is with all that horsepower, and even even in this STOL mod now, the STOL mod is is you know. Um, a, a good solution if you've got to get a 182 in and out of, of short strips with great regularity. Um, but you, you're probably going to lose a little bit in the, uh, in the cruise speed. Right. Same with, with a 550. You're going to put um, um, that much horsepower in a fairly draggy airframe. And uh, one of the great things about the Skyline, though, is there's a lot of aerodynamic mods out there to clean up the airframe and you can probably get another 10 or 15, 10 or 12 knots. Let's put it that way. Um, it'll take some money and some time, but you can probably do it. Um, I don't know, you know how this, this, um, this thing cruises, click the specs page and there really aren't any, uh, um, you know, cruise speed or, or gross weight, um, things like that, uh, in the way of specs. But, uh, for the right application, it's not a bad choice. Yeah. Now these well, uh, this, this this particular airplane that they uh, sent you the link on is extremely well equipped too. Yeah. Yeah. Now let me get back to these. So these fins that are on the top of the wing surface. Okay. Um, I don't. I don't see those in a picture uh, here. If you go to let's see now, go to the barnstormers.com page. Right, I'm there. And then click on any of the pictures, and it pops up a window that gives you oh, an opportunity okay. to scroll well, those through are fences. all the pictures. Yeah, all fences, yeah. Three of, those, number yeah, three of five, okay? The thing that I find notable at these, and I think I, I can't find it now, but I, one of the videos that was on the Peterson site, I believe, showed these fins actually moving in flight, all right? As, as if they were, a, a, a you know, a 
you know, vertical tail kind of thing, all right? Control, I don't know whether they actually affect yaw or, or what they do, but they're, they seem to be active controls. They're not just, you know what I'm saying? They're not fixed. Yeah. Yeah, they don't look like they're fixed. They look like they're yeah, they look, they look like they pivot forward. Yeah, yeah. They pivot. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know anything edge. about those. I, yeah. If you look at the trailing edge shots, uh, that's all highly modified on this airplane too. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, you got huge flaperons outboard of uh, regular flaps, and it's all slotted. Uh, that's really quite a complex setup, but. If it, really it helps is. the airplane get off the ground in 300 feet and clear a 50 foot in another 200, uh, then it's doing its job. Yeah, it's a pretty amazing if, mod. I, uh, if those are in fact controllable fences, um, there's a lot of engineering that's gone into that wing. There's a lot of moving parts in there too. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. This can... is this isn't uh, this isn't as simple as sl- s- slapping on a new leading edge cuff. To uh, uh, give a you know lower speed improve its lower speed handling ca- uh, characteristics, yeah. this is a, a a really across the board set of mods uh, to make this airplane extremely short field. I mean, get da- get it down in territory that would make a helio courier go whoa. Yeah, yeah, and that's something because most people need, most of the time I see a helio color I, courier I go whoa, but uh, yeah. All you need now is a reversible prop. Yeah, there you go. And you could land it sideways on the runway. Almost. All right. Well, I'm not sure if that's my 172, but that's an, or 182, but that's an interesting 182. There's no question about it here. So uh, we'll put a link in the show. Sorry, so have you, have you definitely gotten to the point of, of upgrading your, or raising your sights to a 182 versus a 172? I, I think so. Um, I, uh, you know, a big uh, 172 or a 182. Um, I'm also leaning towards the idea of shared ownership now too, because that's probably define, it's practical. Define big 172. Yeah, I'm c- kind of curious about that. <laughs> I like to hear more about that. Well, the, they the, call that a 177 Cardinal. No, don't they? no, 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 no. You know, there's just the the latest, the later models have the bigger engine, and that's probably oh, the main. Well, so yeah, I mean, you can get. Uh, I, I for years I flew a 180. It was a 75 model Skyhawk, but it had a 180 in it. Um, and there's the XP, uh, although I'm not sure I'd recommend that. Um, there's some other options out there. Yeah. Anyways, so that's that's the modified 182. Well, more on yeah, that. Wow, they're, sure. they're showing 153 knot cruise speed on one of these models from uh, Peterson. Are they? Yeah. Hmm. That's pretty respectable for a. Is Stanley. that was that with the with the. Um, the 260 uh, horsepower, or is that a 300? Yeah, that's the 260. Wow. He, he's got some other mods done on that airplane. Though. Yeah, they're, they're doing some other stuff uh, and still showing a a 383-foot uh, takeoff at 2,950 pounds. That's respectable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, there you go, Jeb. That's your next airplane. You got no. that little uh, that little private strip of yours down there. You know, you need all the help you can get, right? I, I need uh, maybe all the help I can get, but I certainly don't need all the airplanes I can get. I spent <laughs> yeah. I spent Saturday. Yeah. Uh, well, part of Saturday it didn't take me the whole day. I spent Saturday um, doing valve stems on stuff around the house. I counted the valve stems, the, the tires that I inflated. Oh, okay. 
I was thinking an engine component here, but okay, a tire, Valstens, yeah. Well, I just went around inflating tires and checking tire pressure and a bunch of stuff. And you motorcycles, airplanes, cars, trucks. There, huh? <laughs> I, I put air in 29 tires. Ow! Yeah. And I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't get to the bicycle. I didn't get to the lawnmower. Slacker. Um, and I didn't you get to the off-road vehicle. Tires? Oh, that's a riding mower. Right. Yeah. Well, that's very impressive. That's uh, that's, uh, that's, that's the, a that's, measure of the man. That's screwed up is what it is. Just <laughs> and, screwed up. And, and at up. the end of the process, he was... askew with that. Yeah. David, go ahead. At the end of the process, he was tired. He was what? Oh, oh okay. We uh, Last week, we had a whole bunch of off-field landings of the week. This week, we have a whole bunch as well. Let's see now. This is the one we pushed off from last week, That, uh, but uh, this is uh, from... Uh, KTEN.com, which is apparently a TV station in uh, North Texas and or southeastern Oklahoma. Blimp makes emergency landing. FAA investigates. I love that part. Because, <laughs> of course, um, Ardmore, Oklahoma. Blimp makes an emergency landing just south of Ardmore along I-35. And now the FAA is investigating. Martin Polzine built the blimp himself and was flying it above Carter County late Tuesday afternoon. Uh, he'd been flying for several hours uh, that afternoon when he decided to... Anyways, long story short, um, he... Let's see now. He realized a motor mount had come. There's a typo in this story. I'm not exactly sure what happened. Yeah, what it sure, says yeah. is a motor mount had come propeller stead and cracked his <laughs> propeller. Um, We've all been... We just went to Nor Norway, folks. That's right. Um, in any event, he had some problems. Uh, he decided he wanted to get on the ground. He decided to uh, set it down. So I, you land, you kind of alight a balloon, I guess, um, on the median strip of uh, the interstate there. And uh, um, it was all fairly uneventful, I think. Um, the newspaper or the TV station here wants to make a big deal out of it, but... Uh, you know? uh, I don't know, man. I mean, it's hard not to think of ways to uh, to pay attention to a big bag of gas carrying a human being sitting down on an interstate median because it's just not something you see every day. Every day, yeah, yeah I know. It probably this, causes this, a slowdown. This, yeah, this, this TV station is trying to start something, though. The uh, quote from that article there, the FAA uh, is looking into whether the pilot was certified to fly the blimp and if the blimp should be classified as a commercial aircraft. The name yeah. Guest Inn, the Ardmore Hotel the pilot operates, is printed on the side of the blimp. Well, that does, that's not a commercial air, aircraft. Give me a break. Yeah, I know. They're just trying to cause trouble here. Exactly. He's trying to stir up stuff. Yeah. I mean, otherwise, we'd have to take the Hartzell stickers off of our props or the Macaulay stickers off of our props. And I mean, wouldn't that be in that commercial? Of course, it's a little hard to read when the airplane's moving. Yeah. If, if if that's commercial, then we we should make every senator uh, wear a logo of the company that sponsors them. Well, we've got this idea about put uh, about selling them business suits with very professional looking logos. Do like NASCAR? In. Yeah, yeah, like, like NASCAR, like NASCAR, like, except, except yeah. more serious looking, like a politician for hire, right. uh, so that you could put you know uh, whatever oil company or insurance company or. Uh, you know, uh, fundraising group is funding their campaign, and they get to wear the logo. That way, every time they stand up on the well of the House or the Senate in front of the camera, uh, even though we can't see whether the room is empty, like it probably is, we'll at least know who's paying for them to be there. Yeah. 
So we uh, just thanks to uh, listener Merlin Fack, uh, who uh, called our attention to this story in the forums. And uh, um, he says that this is a actually somewhat notable aircraft. He says, uh, I, by the way, I remember seeing this airship from one of the EAA mags in the past year or three, um, but he can't he couldn't find it again now. But uh, um, he says, I think it was the same issue that covered the home-built hot air balloon. Could it have been Sport Pilot, maybe. I don't know. Someone knows that. Let us know. But uh, anyway, well, well, I'm hearing I'm hearing blimp, and I'm hearing hot air balloon. Uh, we need some photographic evidence. Here. Well, uh, yeah, but of course, people make that distinction all the time. And uh, so, congratulations to uh, Mr. Poles uh, Poles. I, Polzine. I, I, I mean no disrespect. Polzine uh, for getting his aircraft on the ground safely uh, when he was having some troubles. Yeah. What's next here? Um, interesting little thread, little little conversation that happened on Twitter this afternoon, and it got me to thinking. Uh, a uh, a, a person uh, who may be a listener, I'm not sure, but was uh, an aviation person on Twitter was commenting about the fact that uh, she had been, I believe it was a she, had been uh, flying a 152 uh, when the door suddenly popped open and she was like going, and wow, I had this incredible, suddenly I'm looking straight down at the at the ground, you know, 3,000 feet below me. And, and, and my comment to her, my response was that... Uh, my experience is that uh, although a 152-150 door will open occasion, will pop open occasionally, it doesn't open very far uh, because of the physics involved um, with the airstream blowing over it. And well, so- I read that I read that tweet, and what I got from it is whoever was flying the airplane or whoever was in the airplane, they were they were in a bank, and the door that was inside of the bank opened. Right. And in that situation, especially if they're um, not fully coordinated in the turn i can see where it might open a little bit more maybe um, yeah. no he's he's, but, he's really he's right it, it what, what would cause it to open more in that circumstance is that side of the uh, is there a wind shear yeah, over on that side reduced air reduced air pressure ah, okay on that side of the of the airplane a door would tend to open itself a little I'm bit sorry, more it's not going to open coordinated turn isn't the wind pressure the same as when you're it, it, it is but i'm saying if the turn was not coordinated ah, okay Right. Uh, not f- completely coordinated, and the, and the 150, 152 can be a little twitchy in that regard. Yeah. Now, I've always been taught that um, that occasionally these doors do pop open, and don't panic. It's not the end of the world. Just keep your wits about you and land the airplane. Have in a one fifty, in a one fifty or one fifty two, that's exactly correct. Well, I've even had that that, that um, in like a Cherokee. It's a little bit more of an issue in like a Cherokee style aircraft. Um, I flew Archers, um, but it is. That's what I was well, told. Is that they well, can. They can pop. And it they, is. It, it is, and it isn't. Um, it's. It's an issue only if you make it an issue. My point yeah, exactly. Uh, now, right. Now, now there are some airplanes. Barons come to mind. And I think uh, Aztecs or maybe Senecas. If the cabin door comes open, um, it creates a um, a, a burble uh, over the tail, mm. and uh, you get in. You can get into uh, um, uh, reduced pitch authority situation. Uh, but that's not the case, certainly not the case with a 150-152 series. Yeah. Uh, I don't have any experience in a 172 or, or 182 with the door open. But um, Cherokees, uh, I'm not aware of a huge problem there either, uh, nor, nor with Bonanzas. Um, um, but <laughs> I'm sorry, the trick is to fly the airplane. Um, well, and, uh, the was, door, the doors open. Okay, it's a problem. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna fly the airplane. You're gonna get it to a safe altitude. You're gonna see if you can close it. Uh, if you can't, you're gonna go to a nearby airport, land, and close the door. 
It's that simple. You don't have to get hyperventilated about it. Um, just fly the airplane, relax. You now have a new, you know, a new goal here, and that's to get the airplane uh, um, on the ground so you can close the door nicely, safely, without any, any drama. Then you're going to take off again and complete your project, complete your flight, and that's the end of the discussion. We even, we even have a tip for how to make closing the errant unlatched door more e- easier to do while you're in flight. What's that? If, if, open a window on the opposite side. <laughs> no, I'm not. It's not a joke. It's, it's not, not a joke. It's not that a joke. He's exactly right. He's that's what they taught that in the uh, Cherokee that we used to have, uh, Comanche, and I found that it works the same in a 172 and a 150. Okay. Uh, uh, unlatch the window on the opposite side to balance the pressure. Yeah, because that makes some sense. you're trying to close that door, you've got air kind of being sucked out along it, and the airflow along it, it doesn't want to let you open it very much, but it also fights you when you try to close it. So you slow the airplane down, open the window on the opposite side, and then grab it firmly. Trim the airplane, let go of the controls, and it's a funny thing, you'll let go of the controls, and the airplane will keep flying. Pull it really hard closed, latch it, close the window, and go on about your business. If that doesn't work, like Jeb said, put it down the closest place, you know, latch it there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or just take the door off and fly without it. And then it's That's not, what I was going to say, David. David, like, well, given the opportunity, David will just take the doors off. And uh, well, there's that, but you know, he's, you just he's your cameras, famous. You know, I, I'm 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 not the least bit surprised to he- understand him to be advocating opening a window. <laughs> right. That's why I laughed. I thought it was a reference to that. Okay. <laughs> It, it, opening the window really helps your pictures. Yeah. Yeah, it will really wake up the uh, it will wake up the co-pilot though. <laughs> co-pilot, 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 co-pilot. Ah, uh, okay. co-pilot. I'm now not going to take that bait. Now we understand the whole context of this thing. Uh, no, there's no co-pilot involved here. This is Dave Shellbitter with Sun and Fun Radio. The song Odd Lang Syne asks, should old acquaintance be forgot? My answer to that, absolutely not. I would like to wish all of our old acquaintances, our new acquaintances, and the friends that we haven't met yet, a very happy, safe, and prosperous new year. See you in April at Sun and Fun! This is Farid Gio, also known as Afterburner Al from EAA Radio. From all of us at EAA Radio and EAA, we would like to wish all the listeners of UCAP, and maybe even the hosts, a happy holidays and a happy new year. Hi, this is Randy Dufo, and I'd like to wish everyone a happy new year. Greetings, fellow aviators. This is Royce Earl, speaking to you from an undisclosed location somewhere in the Rocky Mountain West, and sending you best wishes for a prosperous new year, happy landings, and light and variable crosswinds. Hi, it's Mike Morgan, and I'm as serious as a legal disclaimer when I say Happy New Year to the listeners of Uncontrolled Airspace. But you knew that. 
Uncontrolled airspace, uncontrolled airspace. This is Jeff Ward reporting six miles northeast of the Bravo Echo Delta Airport to wish the UCAP gang and all of my fellow UCAP listeners a very happy, prosperous, and safe New Year. Hi, this is James Winbrand. I want to wish a great 2010 to all my friends in the virtual hangar and all the listeners to Uncontrolled Airspace. Have a wonderful 2010 from Amy Laboda here in sunny South Florida. back that was a lot of fun we appreciate everybody helping us helping us out with those and we appreciate all the help they give us throughout the entire year it's really cool yeah really cool folks love hearing your voices let's do more of this in the coming year yeah, that's um, absolutely and and again thanks to everybody who's who's participated and taking the time so jeb you have an idea for a new regular feature here in the podcast here the uh I do the uh, quote of the, the quote of the week. Uh, quote of the week, okay. Quote of the week, the UCAP uh, uh, quote of the week. Uh, there's just s- such a target-rich environment out there um, <laughs> yeah, uh, for, okay. for so many so many things, and and our first entry uh, comes courtesy of uh, of EAA, um, a story they ran uh, a couple of days before Christmas on the uh, Sonex single-engine jet project. Um, Sonex is, is uh, headquartered there in, in, uh, in Oshkosh and uh, has been a fairly prolific and, and well-known uh, kit uh, manufacturer. Um, they've kind of decided to branch out here over the last couple of years and are developing a uh, low-wing V-tail single-engine jet with the engine mounted uh, fairly far aft on the, on the tail. Of course, there's not that much airplane to begin with, but... Um, it is mounted uh, on the tail, and uh, they uh, shoot the exhaust of the jet engine uh, aft uh, towards where the vertical stabilizer would normally be. But as I said, this is a V-tail, so they're shooting the, the jet exhaust between the, uh, I don't know what they're calling them here, the rudder vaders, the elevons, um, on this particular uh, mock-up. But the thing that grabbed me about this was the quote um, uh, from... Uh, Let's see, uh, Sonex founder John uh, Monet, or Monet, uh, quote, We just wanted to see what the flame front out the back end and make sure we weren't having any problems of melting the tail off the airplane. (laughs) I think that's just a very grand idea. Excellent, excellent. Yes, I I, know. I think this is a a, a very appropriate uh, flight testing step that they've taken. And I, I salute their efforts, and I salute their forthrightfulness, and I think that should be our quote of the week for, for this like particular it. episode. I like it. We saw a mock-up of this aircraft at Oshkosh. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's been it's been at Oshkosh maybe two years or so. I'm oh, not really? sure. Oh, really? Okay. I've seen it before, saw it this, saw it before this year. Uh-huh. Now, so we've got pictures here on this EAA dot uh, org story um, is this still the mock-up or do they have a running version of this or no, they, well, this is a running version oh yeah? this their this is their prototype i would think has yeah. it flown uh, yet i should read the story no the the, the, the engine uh, run-ups and and, and uh, all that proceed 
taxi test, then there'll come taxi test, and then when everybody deems it ready and somebody signs it off from the FISDO, it'll be uh, considered flightworthy. And uh, John Manette's got a lot of experience bringing along prototypes. So, uh, and, and, and I say this all in jest, but I, you know, what? How are they going to pick the first guy to fly this? They're going to draw straws or, or flip a coin, and who's going to be the guy to, to to fly it? The winner or the loser? Yeah, and it's like everybody in the room is going to take one step backwards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. no I, I'm, I'm, Dave will fly yeah, it. Dave yeah, would fly yeah, it, right? I was the, hoping the, somebody would suggest yeah. that. Yeah, yeah the, no, the Sonics line's got a very good rep, and uh, I'm sure that uh, this will be well engineered and, and well designed. Is it's it just that that quote just set me off, and you know, let's just make sure we're not going to melt the tail off the airplane. I think that's a very well, that, very and I, I think the second sentence of that paragraph uh, works really well, too. Uh, Manette said, we did run it up to 100% after a few starts. We were cautious, and we melted a lot of snow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Right. So, there you so go. those of you who are freezing your tahookies off uh, up, up north of me now, you know, here's, there is help coming. We're going to bring you a jet-powered Sonics. <laughs> there you go, yeah. Which of you guys wants to tell me about the Wright Brothers Master Pilot Award? Well, I came I, I came across a, a news story. Somebody had um, in a local newspaper had uh, run an item on uh, a resident who'd gotten their Wright Brothers Master Pilot Award from the FAA. And I said, I don't think I've ever heard of that one before. What do you what you know What do you do? What's what's up with that? So uh, went to the FAA site, and sure enough, came across. Um, a, a advisory circular talking about the uh, Wright Brothers Master Pilot Information. It's, it's the Master Pilot Information uh, Guide, and basically, um, if you've got 50 years as a licensed pilot, uh, you can apply to the FAA and you submit some some background material on your certificate and your your flying career, and you you know have a couple of people sign some papers and attesting to what you've written. Send it all in and. Uh, um, You'll get a uh, uh, an award from the FAA if all, if all the T's are crossed and the I's are dotted. So I, I, I looked at this and I said, "Hmm, got to have fifty years, huh? Well, I've only got thirteen and a half to go." <laughs> there you go. You're almost there. Almost, almost there. there. I'm not sure I should talk about that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I love this picture, by the way. This is the uh, the uh, the Wright Brothers' first flight picture. That's yeah. so famous, yeah. and uh, it's just I just never tire of of just gazing at that picture what a great moment this is the uh, what i like one of the things i like about it is the stance of the guy on the right side i and I, I presume that's one of the brothers but we don't know i've always know. believed that it was one of the brothers yeah. but i don't know that for a yeah. fact and uh, uh, but his stance is he's like he's running or or uh, he's leaning into it or, or he's leaning into, it into the wind man yeah, oh he's leaning into the wind probably leaning into the wind yeah yeah. yeah, but uh, it's it's just the whole thing is just very interesting. Yeah, yeah. It, it was cooking that day. Yeah, it was. Yeah, you guys have been there, right? Sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. Stood in yeah. that spot, or what, more or less airport. that spot, yeah. where the best we can figure out that spot. The the terrain is so different now than it was back oh, yeah. then. Um, there's a lot of the sand stuff dunes going. kind of shift around with time. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But uh, uh, sword hang gliders on Jockey's Ridge, a couple of miles south of. Uh, of uh, where they made their first flight. And, uh, it was one of those personal moments for me when I felt like I'd really accomplished something. 
when I kept a hang glider up over Jockey's Ridge longer than the Wright brothers' best soaring time. It was something like eight minutes. Yeah. So this is a classic example of where our listeners are now going to start screaming at their iPods saying, this is an audio podcast, guys. Don't do this to us. But there's uh, one of you has called our attention to, it's an awesome set of pictures here from oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. the uh, 2009 Edwards Air Force Base open house. Um, I went to this open house one time, one year, way, way back when. And uh, it's pretty cool out there in the middle of nowhere. And you just kind of feel like you're walking among aviation history here. And from the looks of these pictures, man, it's just as good as ever. There's all kinds of cool airplanes here. What do we got? We got uh, a, a big old buff here. We got a, a B-52. We got a B-1. Uh, great shot of the engines from a B-1. A B-1? Um, B-1? Yeah, B-1. Wait a minute. Yeah, Is that a B-1 yeah. or a B-2? No, I'm getting confused. B-1. Your B two is the next is is the flying exactly. wing, right? Yeah. Right. Um, the uh, one of the B shuttle carrier four seven four sevens, a a Blackbird. Uh, by the way, the time is there a B two in this in this picture? Yeah, there is a B two in that collection. Um, I'll tell you the, the day I was for... there. Uh, we you know we're wandering all around the place, and then one of the hangars are letting us go into this hangar, and you turn the corner and you walk into the hangar, and sort of off in the corner quote unquote in the back of the hangar was a b2 bomber and oh. it just did they, did they was let like, you back there they let you pretty close to it actually um and uh and it was just like you know an alien aircraft it was just just surreal to see it sitting back there a lot of cool airplanes here helicopters uh a, a u2 um a uh is that a is that a, a spit a p40 warhawk what's that yeah so there's a p40 I'm not um, sure if I'm familiar with a Warhawk. What's that? Is that... P- that's the the Flying Tigers airplane. Yeah, Got a you're great, not familiar with a P forty. I I oh, come the, on. the aircraft is familiar. I guess the designation is not familiar to yeah, me. Yeah, they call they call them uh, Warhawks and Tomahawks too. Yeah. Uh, let's see what else is here. There's a Spitfire. You don't see many yeah. Spitfires. Are there are there many airworthy Spitfires? That's actually a replica Spitfire, as I recall. I don't have the page loaded. But from reading, uh, the, uh, you're right. The note does say it's a yeah. replica Spitfire. Yeah, yeah. and uh, we got a uh, B-17. We got uh, close-up of some guns off of the B-17, or maybe it's not. Yeah. Whatever it is, they got a B-25. One of my all-time favorites. I love B-25s. And, oh yeah, yeah. Um, man, and I'm not. But this even, is an audio. This is an audio podcast. Yeah, I'm not even a tenth of the way through all these pictures. Man, there's just a lot of great pictures here. This is, let's see if I can do this. It's, oh my goodness. We're going to have to put the link in the show notes. But uh, um, chances are, if you Googled uh, 2009 Edwards Open House, oh, I'm not sure how to, B Zila. Or B, oh, see, no, it's really hard to tell, say. Just just oh. Google Bernard Z. Z, uh, uh, Bernard, conventional spelling. His last name is spelled Zulu Echo Echo. Yeah, okay, that probably. And he he, he does this like every year. He's at at this, and he's got a bunch of other image collections. Um, but you should be able to find the 2009 Edwards Air Force Base open house uh, um, using that info. Yeah, that's good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. yeah, airplane porn. Airplane porn. Airplane porn. So we've got another off field landing of the week. Um, you know, this brings up a this brings up an idea that it, we we should pitch to the avionics companies. What's that? Let's put golf courts golf courses <laughs> in the GPS in the databases. GPSs. 
as as uh, emergency landing strips. Yeah, because I'm sure the golf. How many times have we seen that. you know yeah. golf course? Oh, they landed on a fairway. Uh, they avoided the sand trap. Uh, here's another one. Yep, this is took from out, took uh, out the pin. TBO.com. I love that <laughs> that that URL. That TBO.com. Yeah. It happens. To, it turns out to be Tampa Bay online. Uh, Jeb in your neighborhood. Uh, yeah, yeah. plane crash lands at golf course. Turns out a fairway makes a pretty decent landing strip. A two-passenger plane crashed on a fairway in Lakewood Estates in South St. Petersburg shortly before 1 p.m. Thursday. The plane lost part of a wing, but the pilot was able to walk away without injuries. The pilot, William Gibson, uh, left uh, Albert Witted Municipal Airport in a small plane, I'm paraphrasing now. Uh, he was a banner to oh, a banner toe, so this guy knew how to fly airplanes, probably. Yeah, yeah. He, um, he's I'm going to make a point of trying out Billy's Crab Shack the next time yeah. I'm in that area. Yeah, yeah. yeah, really. This is like uh, support anybody who uses aviation to uh, promote their business. And uh, anyways, uh, engine mechanic began having problems. Uh, Gibson tried to head back to the airport, but it became clear he wasn't going to make it. He aimed for the golf course. Uh, he clipped a palm tree, damaging the plane wing, but otherwise made a safe landing on the fairway of the 12th hole. Uh, oh, and then, Jeb, you liked the quote at the end. What was it? <laughs> Fire officials quoted Gibson as saying, quote, I thought I was going to die, unquote. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> you know, I think that once or twice a day, you know. Uh, what's the, what's, you know, there was some movie I saw recently. Uh, uh, oh, it was uh, um, uh, Ocean's Eleven. I saw that on television over the weekend uh somebody one one character asks the other one says do you feel suicidal and he says you know only when i wake up (laughs) there you go there you go (laughs) this next story is this really the same helicopter dad uh as before that's what it is it's the same helicopter dad yeah this is from uh, a blog called vtol blog vtol blog uh dot com uh, Father of the Year does it again. All right, this is posted by a, a user there called Heli or Heli Addict. Uh, the story goes: uh, Bart Sutheran, who was under investigation with the FAA recently for taking his kid to school in his helicopter, has done it again. Back on August 24th, he took his older son to his first day of school in a helicopter rented from Air Orlando. Ever since then, the younger brother has been begging for the same treatment. So dad took him to school the same way on Wednesday. All right, But here's the, here's the good part of the story. On this ride, the mayor came along and took aerial pictures of the city and was dropped off at work afterwards. All right, so you know what? I'm kind of liking this this helicopter. Dad, I, I'm right? liking this guy too, and this is this is the way to do it. You know, yeah. you know, get the mayor involved and and so make this a, a, a non event event kind of a thing. This is this is normal behavior for for people so who have the training. Supposed to do this the whole yeah, it's, it's, right? yeah, and and uh, there's nothing illegal or fattening or immoral or even uh, uh, terroristic about this and taking the mayor for a ride is a, is a great way to demonstrate that hats off to the guy. And the, the only, the only thing suffering here is the air, which is being beaten into submission. So the helicopter will fly. Yeah. What's but we this? have so much air. We could, we could, that's right. There's plenty of air. Don't worry about it. Right. Yeah. We got more there than we need. Um, another dad story. This is uh, from, um, the UCAP forums, uh, listener Eagle pilot, uh, relates this uh, uh, just a wonderful. I'm not going to relate the whole thing because it's a it's a, a moderately long story, but it's a heartwarming story about his relationship with his dad, who was a corporate pilot back in the '60s, '70s, and '80s, and his memories of his dad and uh, his uh, 
you know, just kind of what his life has become and uh, just a really, really touching Christmas gift that he got from his family uh, this year. So, uh, um, yeah, it's in, our, in the listener mail part of the uh, forum site. And of course, you don't even have to be registered to read, but you, you want to register, send Jack a note. But this is a really great little piece of, uh, of uh, narrative and uh, committed to all of you. It's Eagle Pilot, a pilot Christmas story in the listener mail area. That's right. That's right. Take a look. It's really nice. Let's see now. We're actually making some good progress here. Let's see now. Um, Jeb, you posted. What's what's your issue here with uh, Cessna Citation X versus Gulfstream uh-huh. six forty? I, I I don't have any issue. There's the six fifty, uh, which is undergoing uh, uh, certification flight testing, uh, um, is is advertising itself as as the world's fastest biz jet. The Cessna a a crown that the Cessna Citation X uh, grabbed long ago. Citation yeah, X, X is mo- Yeah. Oh, well, okay. Citation ten. The um, um, Citation ten cruises at Mach point nine two five or nine two. Excuse me. Uh, it's a high speed cruise, and that is the fastest civilian aircraft uh, available right now, other than of course the Concorde, which is no longer in service. Um. Now, Gulfstream is coming out with the G50, G650, excuse me, uh, which they say will do Mach 0.925. Um, so is, is, uh, is this for real? Is, is, is the Citation 10 no longer the fastest civilian aircraft? Is, the, is it still that way because the 650 isn't certificated yet? Uh, what's what's going to go on? And now will will Cessna come back and go to Mach point you know nine three or something like that? What can we do to to enliven a little competition here? Well, the the best thing that will do this is uh, actually getting the airplane certified and out on the course and setting some records and, mm-hmm. and making its mark that way because uh, that's what Cessna did. In the development of the Citation 10, uh, as they put it out on the circuit, uh, some of these, uh, and, and it flew a bunch of records. And uh, some of those records, if I remember right, had uh, you know somebody by the name of Palmer <coughs> in the cockpit when they flew him. Aspire, uh, 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 now the Chairman Emeritus, and uh, that's really where the, you know, it, it, where the rubber hits the road is when it gets certified and makes its mark and they can market it all they want to at that uh, at that speed because that's what they've calculated that it'll do and meet the range numbers uh but I don't think they got enough time on it yet to be uh, yeah. making that claim valid yeah. just yet and that's not hometown loyalty I love a good contest uh and for a long time Gulfstream really stretched its wings Anytime they came out with a new jet, when they came out with the G4 uh, back in the uh, latter part of the 1980s, they put that puppy out on a series of records that was just breathtaking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, they really, they really did it up, uh, and they've done some of that since. So was uh, Bombardier with the Global series, uh, but this high-speed stuff, there's really only one good way to make that claim. Uh, bear up, and that's to have the airplane out there, set the record in the air, 
and get beyond the computer calculations and fluid flow dynamics and all that stuff and, and, and make it happen. Then they can, uh, they can wear that crown as far as I'm concerned. But it ain't happened yet. Now, yeah. what's the deal? What's the deal with this whole mock number thing? All right, Maybe, can this, this is like bigger, black bigger magic, is better. Me. What's that? Bigger is better. Bigger is better. Bigger is better. But don't doesn't mock. So let's just say arbitrarily mock point eight. All right, mock point eight at one altitude might be a different speed across the ground at a different altitude. Yes? No? Am I misunderstanding? At any at any different altitude. At any uh, right, that's my point. Is that Mach point eight is 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 uh, it's like true airspeed. It's only it's only right. valid for a certain set of conditions. So if and these folks are claiming temperature speed, and, and yeah. altitude, if these guys are claiming speed records based on Mach numbers, then all they got to do is cook the altitude or the atmospheric conditions that day in order to maximize their Mach number. And uh, I'm an old marketing guy, but this is just marketing scam, if you ask well, me. It mock mock numbers will uh, will 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 help you some in the marketing game, but when they set the the records, uh, I believe what closes the deal on getting a a record hanging on your wall is a, a, a miles an hour across the ground. Right. That's what. Sorry, right. chewing ice cubes. So yeah, professional here we are here in the uh, virtual hangar. Um, yeah, speed across the ground. Uh, how long it takes you to get from point A to point B? So okay. you know, this is this is a contest just starting. It's going to be fun to watch. Yeah. By the way, yeah. citation. You know, we have. Yeah, go ahead. We haven't talked about this before, to my recollection. But what's that? Um, th- this whole uh, idea of setting records um, yeah. is a fairly straightforward and, and well defined process. Yep. Uh, in in the United States, the the National Aviation Association (NAA) is the um, the uh, sponsoring agency and you apply to them you have to pay a fee but you go you apply to them and um, depending on the class of aircraft you're flying and, and yada 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 you can set certain records just by flying between two points that have never been flown between before right or and, and, between and two points and, have been and do it faster and do it faster uh, all you have to do is is to plan it and be be sanctioned for the flight um, you can get ATC to, to verify your, your uh, times over certain positions uh, for the record-keeping uh, uh, aspects of it. Send all this stuff in, and you can get your name in the record books. It's, so you're it's saying there has to be an observer somewhere along the way. that. Uh, well, that's, that's where ATC will, will often come yeah. in. Let's say if I wanted to set a record between here and between Hidden River and uh, Key West, I, I doubt such a record has ever been set. Right. And I would take off and hook up with ATC, and I would have already coordinated with them, and, and they would say, all right, boom, you're over uh, Hidden River, time is such and such, and have a great flight. And I'd go steaming down to Key West, and the tower there would, would log my downtime, and, and we'd submit the information for the record. i just have to get the logs from the, from the tower and the, and the Tricon. Piece of cake. So this is sort of the aviation equivalent of the Guinness Book of World Records. and. Uh... Well, yeah, something like that. Yeah, that's that's Federation Aeronautic International in uh, in Europe is the yeah. global authority mm-hmm. for recognizing records in aviation, uh, which the NAA is a, is a, is a member in. Mm-hmm. So NAA certifies the record as a national, submits it to the FAI, and the FAI says, "Oh, yep, that's faster than anybody's done that." 
anywhere else, unless, like it's uh, it, as Jeb suggests, just two points that never had a record flown between them before, and that's the easiest way to get in the record book. You could do that that's in true. an air coupe. Yeah, there's an opportunity here. You can We're do that. To, yeah, you can do you can do that in an LSA. You can do it in anything you want to fly. Again, chances are that no one has has applied for, nor much less set a record between the two points you want to do it in. And you can you can also have, you know, not only the record for your class of aircraft, which is determined by weight and and, and a couple of other parameters, I, I think, but you can have the absolute world speed record between those two points. Period. Yep. Well, there's an opportunity here. We're going to have to talk more yeah. about this. this we'll talk like, about. Yeah, we're going to. We're but listen, it's, listeners. It's, we want to hear your ideas here, but this is like an. This is a potential. This is a possibility here. We're going right. to like each, yeah. each year. The the NAA, well, actually, I guess the FAI, uh, prints a, a book that lists the year's records, and you can get your name in in the book. Easy. Yep. It, cool. it, it's not cheap. It's not free, but you can do it. Cool. Yep. All right. All right. <clears throat> we'll talk. We'll talk. Jeb, you uh, you seem to have discovered a replacement for uh, all those ELTs that are out there in uh, aircraft. Well, again, I, I I my day job sometimes requires me to pay attention to aircraft accidents, but um, came across this this AP wire story. Um, I'll just read the lead paragraph. Um, an Oregon man survived a plane crash in Idaho's Cottrell Mountains when he was rescued by farmers who came to his aid on a tractor guided by the light from his laptop computer screen. Well, there you go. I mean, there you go. Who like... needs an ELT? <laughs> Everybody just, you know, pop your laptop open and they'll come find you. Who needs civil uh, air patrol for that matter? We got tractors. <laughs> <laughs> we got laptop computer screens. Uh, this is just great. Huh? Hey, an airplane crash nearby. Can we borrow your tractor? Yeah. How many do you need? You know, but I'm trying to um, picture this. So what'd the guy do? Stand next to his airplane and hold his computer up at the air? Or I don't understand. No, I don't know. It doesn't. doesn't That's all the story says. I mean, the Times News reports that Thaddeus Bryce Fickle, that's his name, Thaddeus Bryce Fickle of (laughs) Hermiston, Oregon, don't even go there, crashed after his single engine Cessna encountered turbulence Wednesday evening. Because as we all know, when you encounter turbulence, you will crash. Uh, Two farmers drove a tractor to the top of a ridge and brought the 44-year-old Fickle down the mountain about four hours later. He was cold but unharmed. (sighs) It's a feel-good story of the week. All right. Well, you know what? Um, And and you know what? This gives new hope. This is yet another defense for those Delta pilots and their laptops, uh, Northwest pilots and their laptops. Okay. Uh, but I'm no one was looking did, for him. Maybe he just landed short. Out. That was the tug coming for him. <laughs> yeah, that's a tractor, right? Well, you know, you know also that now you know that's this is the new thing on on the ATC frequency when you're droning along and and um, you miss a call. What's that? And, you know, controller, no controller comes back and says, "Dude, I've been trying to call you three or four times here. What's what's wrong?" Says, oh, sorry, we were on the laptop. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Shout outs. We got a bunch of shout outs here. Let's see if we can wade through there. So I'm going to do the first one. Um, 
Uh, very, very exciting news out of Oshkosh, Wisconsin. Our friends at EAA Radio, Farid Gyo, who you just heard a moment ago, uh, uh, they are now streaming the archive of EAA Radio uh, all year round. Uh, so those of you who has, were listening... Has the FCC been notified? <laughs> yeah, the FCC, yeah. Um, they, uh, the, they, they were streaming. Uh, they have been streaming during the convention for the last few years, uh, the live content of uh, EAA Radio, and now they have uh, various pieces from the archive that they are uh, uh, streaming all year round. So 24-7, 365, you can listen to uh, EA Radio, uh, various uh, uh, stories from this past year, and I, I believe from even even uh, further years past. Um, I, I think, and we've given them permission, I think they're going to actually play uh, old episodes of Uncontrolled Airspace uh, in their stream as well, which would be kind of cool. So uh, if you uh, are in the midst of winter and, uh, and need a, a little sign that uh, there is hope and there is a future, you can go to uh, www.airventure.org slash radio, and it's possible that radio starts with a capital R. I'm not sure if that's important or not, but uh, um, uh, uppercase R-A-D-I-O. Uh, and uh, check out the live stream, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. It is uppercase R. It is. What else? When you guys pick one, what do you want to shout out? Uh, I'll, since I started this last um, week... I- I'll, I'll pick one real quick. And Dave, go first. All the listeners who chimed in with their own choices on the three airplanes uh, fantasy yeah. that we started yeah. last week. Yeah. yeah. Really cool. Uh, I don't think we've heard from everybody or all the good options yet, but you guys have come up with some great fleet mixes. Uh, and keep it up. Yeah, absolutely. I was thinking we'd give it another week or so for people to ch- chime in, and then we'll start reading some of their selections yeah, and, and it, talking about them. But yeah, thank you to uh, listeners who have gotten involved with yeah, that. It's uh, some good stuff the, there. It, it really, yeah. The problem is, and I see you know a P fifty one in here, and I don't know why I left that out. But the problem is, you can't just. It's like Lay's potato chips. You just can't have three. Well, that's what that's what, that was Dave's point. Is that that was what makes it a challenge? Is to pick three. Yeah. You know, so. Uh, uh, here's one. Um, we just got news today that uh, if these reports are true, Eclipse is getting ready to start selling jets again. Um, what they're describing as upgraded jets will be sold starting in 2010. And uh, that's kind of interesting. Um, we'll probably talk more about it when we know more. But uh, if true, that's kind of ahead of schedule as near as I can tell. Well, I'll read the fine print. They, these, are, what, these are upgrades to already produced aircraft. Right. right. But still, you know, it's like, uh, I mean, what does that mean? Does that mean these are airplanes that have been, quote-unquote, finished? Because none of them were ever finished, right? This means that there were well, airplanes, these are airplanes that were delivered at whatever stage of, uh, of uh, systems that were available at the time. And they've come back, uh, I think, through some repossessions, maybe. Uh, the uh, you know there was a failure of a big operator that had twenty some odd airplanes and those all went back uh, somewhere. Gee, and, would it would have been Dayjet? Right, I was uh, wondering about the Dayjet airplanes that, whether these have been retro refurbed and and shipped. And what's mm-hmm. happening now is the new Eclipse is uh, getting these airplanes up to the final standard that they the old company had never managed to uh, or well had been so long in getting to. And these are going to get out the door with the you know the final uh, incarnations of avionics, uh, anti ice uh, protection, because uh, the the people that just picked up the company 
uh, they've made some actually remarkable progress. They've got uh, approval for training. They've got approval for maintenance. Uh, they can do product support now, and now they're going to start to fix the uh, airplanes that weren't quite ready for prime time or weren't to their final fit and finish and get them out the door. Uh, that may mean 2011 they actually start to produce new hardware. Yeah. We'll see. Cool. Pretty cool. Uh, anybody who's down in the uh, Florida area and you're looking for some place to go flying, uh, the uh, funplacestofly.com website has called attention to what they're characterizing as the best breakfast buffet around. And this is at uh, Worthington Springs, Florida Airport. Um, All-you-can-eat breakfast buffet, only $5, first Saturday of every month, sun up till 10.30 a.m. So uh, check out uh, the Fun Places fun places to fly easy for me to say dot com when, when will uh, you be down here jack uh i'm hoping to come down uh whatever that is the week the of uh of uh, sebring okay which is the 21 to 24 dates yeah yeah and stay as long until jeb kicks me out because, or until it gets warm <laughs> in new england one or the other <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not going to give you a fig to figure out which one is going to be soonest. <laughs> Anyways, any other shout-outs? No? No. Okay, no. then. Well, it's time to stick a fork in this one. Dave Higdon, good talking with you. Dave is an aviation photographer, an aviation journalist, and the U.S. editor for London's World Aircraft Sales Magazine. Uh, David, where can people find you on the Internet? Uh, look right down that little skinny wire that comes out the back of the computer. Uh, avbuyer.com, uh, aviation safety occasionally, aea.net, uh, Google my name and throw out the golf writer and the theoretical physicist. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you have a very, very exciting story coming out in, uh, in one of the publications that we're going to talk about next week. And uh, you had a quite a flying adventure that we've all been kept from talking about. But I'm looking forward to hearing your stories about this. And that's all I'm going to say. That's a teaser for next episode. Teaser for next time. I'm looking forward to being able to talk about it. Yeah. And Jeb Burnside, uh, good talking with you. Uh, Jeb is an aviation journalist currently serving as editor-in-chief of Aviation Safety Magazine. Where can people find you on the net, Jeb? Well, the day job, as usual, is aviationsafetymagazine.com. Uh, still have that personal website at jeburnside.com. Uh, occasionally, you might also find me on AvWeb or on aviationconsumer.com. And I'm Jack Hodgson. I'm a private pilot, a freelance writer, and a new media producer. You can learn more about me at jackhodgson.com and aroundthefield.net. Um, as always, a big thanks to all the folks who help us make this podcast. Uh, we certainly don't do it with just the three of us. Uh, and uh, you heard their voices earlier in the podcast. Let me thank them once again. Thanks to Jeff Ward for creating our show notes. Thanks to Mike Morgan, Roy Searle, and the many other listeners who have created our show opening disclaimer clips. Thanks to uh, Amy Laboda and uh, James Winbrand, to our occasional visitors to the hangar and are always welcome here. We also are very grateful for the financial support we receive from our listeners. For information on how you can make a donation to this podcast, see the Uncontrolled Airspace homepage and the box in the right-hand column labeled Tip Jar. It doesn't need to be very much. Just 10 or $15 over the span of a year is a big help. And also don't forget that you can visit with all of us at the Uncontrolled Airspace website. You can read the blog, view the forums, check out the wiki, the aviation movies list, the new ratings, webpage of fame, and more. All of that is at uncontrolledairspace.com. David, what were you going to say? Live longer by flying, because time spent flying is not subtracted from your lifespan. Happy New Year. That's right. That's enough talking. Let's go flying. Yeah, happy freaking New Year. TTFN.